I really want to inspire you and lift you up this morning. Um, how many people want to be lifted up and inspired? I mean, yeah, yeah. And uh, I've had a, uh, I've had quite a journey over this last little while, and uh, nearly finished my master's degree. And uh, oh, and uh, it's been quite an experience. Uh, it's, it's a master's in business and leadership. Uh, it's just fantastic, and uh, it's just been an amazing journey. I've had to, uh, I, was, I was surprised to get enrolled in the first place because it's, it's a post-grad, and generally you have to have a graduation before you get in there, and uh, anyway, they, they let me in, so uh, it's pretty good. It's a good start. Didn't do so hot at school, just went there to eat my lunch, and, but anyway, but uh, you know, God brought me in there and he used it as a, as a time for shaping and forming my life. And I uh, was just really grateful for the time. I uh, had some amazing experiences. Uh, we had one occasion there where we had, we had to learn to express ourselves. And um, it was quite funny. So we, we, we had a theatre teacher there. Uh, she, she's in theatre and drama. And one of the things we had to do was we had to dance. And we're talking about a master's in business here. Uh, teaching you how to be a CEO. And they got us to dance around the room. Dance around the room. And you see, some of these guys are thinking, I never signed up for this. I, never, I mean, they were just hysterical. And uh, one of the things we had to do was practice looking at somebody in the eye and, and engaging them. And so I had an opportunity to do that. And then they took it a little bit further. They said, well, next time we're going to dance around the room a little bit. And when it stops, I want you to... Get a hold of the person that's there, and I want you to look into their eyes for a few minutes and just, you know, engage. And then I want you to, uh, I want you to share something of your heart that is a life-changing moment. Change your life in some way. It's a, it's a significant factor in your life. Anyway, so we danced around the room, and here I was dancing around. And we stopped, and I stopped with this guy, and there's this guy there, and Just wait, wait for the story first. <laughs> wait for the story. So anyway, the, the guy's standing there and kind of, okay, we're gazing into each other's eyes for a few minutes. And he goes, well, I said, well you want to go first? And he said, yeah, I'll go first. And uh, anyway, he started to talk about his, his experience. And uh, anyway, this particular individual was, uh, there's no short way to say it, he was, he's a homosexual. And um, <laughs> not only that, he was the, he leads quite a significant organisation uh, in, in terms of that kind of lifestyle in New Zealand. And so he talked to me, he shared his experience about having to tell his mum that he was, he was gay. And uh, so these are the kind of things, these are the journeys that I've been able to walk on. And um, it's been interesting just to interact with so many different people's course of life and I gave the guy a hug, and, and he kind of liked that. And, uh, well, you know, it's appropriate, man. You can give a guy. You know. But what it, was, what it did for me, it was it really, and, of course, there's other people there. Though I had uh, Mormons in my class, and so I had to interact with Mormons. And, and uh, it was just a great experience. So I've uh, been able to relate to people, and, but I felt God speak to me through the whole time, and I could see where 
uh, how people live their lives. And I felt the Lord spoke to me also that um, although you're engaging with these people, that you're talking with them, and I was able to be a blessing. I was able to bring prophetic words, and of course they didn't know they were prophetic words, but still able to touch people. And it's, but through this time, I kind of felt, and, and it's, we brought it out last Sunday from Jeremiah. Uh, he says, he said, the Lord said to Jeremiah, he said, before I formed you in your, in your mother's womb, I shaped you, I formed you, and I set you apart as a prophet to the nations. There's something I want to just encourage us this morning and lift us up. Um, God does not want us to stay uh, and live in, in just one dimension in life. And as I interacted with these people, I, was, um, I just continually felt the Holy Spirit speak to me. You're here, um, you're, you're engaging with them, that, that's good, you're, you're relating to them, but actually you're not one of them. You're part of them, but you're not one of them. I've called you not to live a life like that. I've called you, I've set you apart as a prophet, I've set you apart as a man of God. You're different. I want you to walk in a different dimension to these people. I want you to lift up. I don't want you to come down to that level. One of the things you'll find uh, in, in the world is that God calls us to be in the world but not of the world. So it's kind of a paradox. Both are true. Both, yes, we're in the world. So we need to relate to people in the world. If we have problems in our relationship there, it's, it's, it'll, we'll struggle bringing God to them. Um, you, you do really have to relate to people. Jesus was known as a friend of sinners. People liked him. People that were sinners, like you and me, uh, they loved Jesus. They loved being around him. These were drunkards. They were all sorts of rascals. They liked being around Jesus. He was their friend. But Jesus also lived in a different dimension in life as well. One of the things I want to encourage us as a church, uh, God has called us to be in the world, but not of the world. You are called to engage and, and to fellowship and to and to touch the world, but not be of the world. So I want to encourage you this morning as um, we enter a new season in, in, this, in this life. Uh, Jeremiah really spoke to me again. The word of the Lord came to me. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you, and I set you apart as a prophet to the nations. All of us, I believe, when we receive the Spirit of God into our life, uh, God sets us apart for something. God doesn't expect us just to exist in the world. If you want to just exist in the world, you're more than welcome. But for me, I don't want to just have an existence. I want to make a mark on the world. How I make a mark on the world was, will be largely determined as how I choose to live my life, if I choose to live in faith or not. And uh, I, was rem- I was just thinking this morning um, uh, where... I mean, we're quite blessed as a family to kind of have shortish legs. Yeah. My, my grandmother was kind of a, a short little Irish lady. So, you know, we inherited that. And uh, it's kind of funny, really. And, um, and so, I mean, my dad is a kind of average-sized man, but not a tall man. But a lot of people look at his, uh, listen to his podcasts and listen to his messages. And, uh, and it's funny, you can build a picture of some somebody, a mental picture by not meeting them but hearing them, right? And so this particular individual uh, came and eventually met Dad, and he was quite surprised. I said, well, Dad, why are you surprised? He said, I don't, I don't know, but I just, ima- I didn't imagine you being like five foot, you know, I kind of imagined you being somebody that's kind of 
six foot five or six foot seven or something like that. <laughs> well, I'm not six foot seven. I don't... But what does it tell you? It tells that, yes, you can, in one reality, you can live at one particular level in life, but actually, on a spiritual level, you can live in a bigger level. You can live in a bigger dimension. A dimension is simply a, another realm of freedom. And all of us have different dimensions that we walk in in life. We have our day-to-day life. But we have a dimension that you and I are called to operate in. You and I are called to operate as Christians, as believers, not just in day-to-day life, but a new dimension, something that shifts power, something that leaves a mark on the world. And, uh, you know, I was just reflecting a little while ago also that um, I have the opportunity to stand in some of these most amazing people. Uh, when I was in New York recently, I got to meet with uh, Dr. Bernard again. He's kind of become a friend. Now, Dr. Bernard, he is the, he's a personal mentor to, to people like, um, uh, no, somebody, um, Hillary Clinton, uh, who else? Denzel Washington. He's a personal mentor for that. And so, of course, when he heard I was in town, he just made room for me. And I got to reflect a little bit in that, in one sense, I remember spending my time with Pat. We're scrubbing floors, we're scrubbing around toilets, and, uh, you know, lifting vinyl and working in state houses and looking at, you know, looking there. But I was wondering, operating in a, in a level of life where we all have jobs, but then responding to the call of God where he lifts us up and brings us into a new dimension. I'm still quite happy to go and lay carpet. No problem at all. Absolutely. I'd love that kind of life. But however, God has set me apart as a prophet or as an apostle to nations. So on one hand, I'm quite happy to to work and engage in day-to-day life. But however, on another hand, God has lifted me up into a new dimension. And I believe that God wants to lift you up into a new dimension. Somebody that can be a carpet layer can also speak into world leaders' lives. That is what God wants to do in our lives. He can take somebody from the bottom of the world and lift them up and bring them into a new dimension of influence. Now I have the opportunity. I can speak to some of the the top Muslim leaders in the world. How do you get to that place? How do you get to that place? And I want to encourage you with this this morning because all of us in the course of life, uh, we will have problems. We will have troubles. And you look back and you look over in Jeremiah, in Jeremiah chapter 12 and verse 5, and uh, even in verse 1, Jeremiah has a conversation with the Lord. He's a talk, he's a corridor with the Lord. And so here is Jeremiah, a prophet. He's got this promise of God over his life. Set your part as a prophet to the nations. But of course, it doesn't always go smoothly. (laughs) It does not always go smoothly. And so Jeremiah is, on one hand, he hears the word of the Lord. He understands what he's called to be. But in the outworking of that, he finds himself some challenges. And these challenges, you, you, can, you can see how they're reflected in, in the scripture here. And it says, Righteous are you, O Lord, in verse 1, when I plead with you. Let me talk with you about your judgments. It's not the Lord speaking to Jeremiah about this. It's Jeremiah speaking to the Lord. He says, I've got some questions. I'm not quite sure if you know what you're talking about. I'm not quite sure if you understand some things. Some things that are happening, I'm not quite sure if you know about them. I, 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 I don't know about I, 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 What's in your mind, Lord? 
I know, I know what you've called, I know what you've promised, I know what you've prophesied, but actually this reality of my life is just kind of not working out. I'm questioning your judgments. What's going on? I don't know if you've ever been in a position like that where, um, I mean, I certainly have it a number of times where I've experienced some great moves of God, I've, I've experienced some great opportunities, but yet I've also experienced some hardships, things that should be easy for God to sort out. It doesn't seem to sort them out. So I question, how come you can put me over here where I've seen the dead raised, Lord, but yet over here I can't even get the car to sell? What's the, what's the go, Lord? Are you sure you know what you're doing? Are you sure? I don't know about you, but I've also been in that position like, like, uh, like Jeremiah. Are you sure? Because I see all these people that deal treacherously. They, they don't walk right with you, Lord, but yet they seem to prosper. And I'm doing what you say, and I'm trying to live according to the prophetic word that you gave. And it's, I'm struggling here. Help me. Help me, Lord. And so after a while, after a while of talking to um, Josh, uh, uh, looking, talking to the Lord, the Lord answers him. And he said this. So Jeremiah... He said, listen here. This is kind of an ad-lib version. So you are, in, in, verse, uh, in verse 5, he said, So Jeremiah, you are worn out in this foot race with men. What makes you think you can race against horses? And if you can't keep your wits during times of calm, what's going to happen when troubles break loose like the plain of Jordan in flood? In other words, he's saying, if you can't run with men. How can you run with horses? We've got a little video here. I want to show you some horses running. Is it working? How many people seen a horse run? Absolutely fantastic. Look at this. No horses running. Just show us. Okay, you be the horse, I'll be the rider. Thanks, guys. Oopsie. One of the things is that, what I was saying before, God wants us to engage at one level, but sometimes we can get so caught up with the affairs of men, we can get so caught up with sorting out the issues of life that we forget that God has called us to run like a horse. God has called us to run in a different dimension of freedom. Look at these guys. So this is how God wants us to run. This is how God wants us to live our spiritual life in a place where strength and freedom. You watch these horses run, there is something majestic about them. There is something majestic about their strength, their stamina. There's something, uh, 
I was just talking to Karen before, and she's talking about the horse racing. It's known as the race of kings. It's the race of kings. It sounds awful. It sounds so familiar that God has called us as kings and priests, called us to run a race. He's called you and I to run a race, but so often we get caught up with the things of men. We get caught up with the issues of people. We get caught up with the smallness of people, and we forget that there's a race that God has called you and I to run. He's talking about here, behold, I've set you apart as a prophet to a nation. Sometimes it's so easy just to go back. Sometimes it's easy to forget because our perspective gets uh, altered by our experiences in the world. We get caught up with the hardships of life. We get caught up with this. We get caught up with the quarrel here. We get caught up with this. And we forget that God has got a race for you to run. He has put something inside of your heart. Somebody that can sand floors one day and speak to kings another day. That is something that God has called and placed in the life of every person here. He has placed it in your heart. I want to encourage you this morning. The Lord said, how can you run with horses? How can you, if you you want to run in this dimension, you've got to learn to get over some small things. You've got to learn to walk in faith. There is something about the spirit of a horse. There is something that we can access. So one of the things that um, I want to encourage you here is one of the things that we carry is that we are called by God in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, why don't we just quickly go and, and have a look. It's a powerful scripture. In verse 7, since we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, all of us. We're an earthen vessel, but when we receive Christ, then tremendous treasure comes into our heart. The same Holy Spirit. It says, but we are, cru- we are hard-pressed on every side, yet we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We can see some paradoxes here. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are struck down, but not destroyed. You'll find that there'll be things in life that will come against you, small things. All these small things can try and pull your perspective off what God has called you to be. Jeremiah got caught in that perspective. He got caught in the situation where he was ordained and set apart by God, but his perspective was, was distorted and, and moved aside to something else that was not what he was called to be. So he goes on to say in verse 13, and since we have the same spirit of faith, everybody say the same spirit of faith. The same spirit of faith that was in Jesus Christ. We have that same spirit of faith within us today. We have that same spirit of faith within us, according to what is written and believed. And he goes in verse 14, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus Christ will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that you, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound in the glory to the glory of God. Therefore, do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For this light affliction that we face is far but for a moment. And is working in us, a, but what is working in us is a far more an exceeding eternal weight of glory. So while we look, do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporary. And the things which are not seen 
are eternal. Friends, you and I, we are called to carry the same spirit of faith that was in Jesus. The same Holy Spirit. He is here today. The Bible says if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. So what? Where is the gap? Where, what's happening? What, what stops us moving in these things? What stops us? What holds us into a small world? What, what holds us into the mundane? What holds us to, to running with the, the issues of men and not elevating us and bringing us where we're running with horses? One of the things I believe is perspective. I talked about it last year, but perspective shifts our life. Our, per, our perspective is how we see what we see. One of the things we know in, in the Garden of Eden that one of the things that the devil did to Eve was just shifted her perspective. When your perspective is shifted, you'll start to feel differently about what you see. Your perspective will affect your emotions and what you feel about it. What you then feel about it will then affect your decisions. So this is why it's important that for us to move forward, for us to fulfill what God has called for us, for us to run like horses, we've got to have the spirit of faith. We've got to keep the spirit of faith activated inside of our life. Faith is what pleases God. If we're not in faith, then what are we in? Don't let nobody rob you of your faith. Don't let nobody, don't let no circumstance fix your, bring your influence, your eyes or your perspective. Don't let nobody steal your faith. Every person has the opportunity to let go of faith. It's a decision that you and I got to walk in. And the pressures and the, 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 the little things of life that we face, they, if we allow them, they can overcome us and hinder us from running with horses. All of us are in that, in that, in that place. I want to encourage you this morning about faith and directions in faith. If you are in Christ... You cannot help but be bold and full of faith. If you are in Christ, if you are having a a solid relationship, if you are day-to-day in Christ, if you are communing with Him, if you are letting Him speak into your life, you cannot help but be bold and full of faith. So what is it that gets around our life and pulls us away from a real relationship with Christ? You may have your devotion. We may do a religious devotion But unless we engage the person of Jesus Christ, allow him to speak into our heart, let our eyes be fixed on him, the author and the perfecter of our faith, if we don't do that, our faith starts to get robbed. Next thing you know, we we find that we're just walking. We're so caught up with with the affairs of man that we're not running as horses that God has called us to run. Nay. We are called by God. Same spirit of faith. Some directions of faith. One, have faith in God. Mark chapter 1, verse 22. If you have faith in God, you can speak to the mountain. Have faith in God. Have faith that God is God. Have faith that God is more than able. Have faith that He can do it. He got you here. <laughs> Have faith in God. Jesus said, have faith in God. Quote that, Jesus. Have faith in God, Jesus. Don't let anything else try and take your faith away from God. Don't try and get caught up with the clever ideas of man or or anything like that. Have faith in God. You can trust in him. The Bible says that 
whoever puts their faith and their hope and their trust in God shall never, ever be put to shame. Have faith in God that if you, if you stay the course, you won't be put to shame. You won't be put to shame. You may go through some hard times, but you won't be put to shame. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. If you want to grow weeds in your garden, you don't have to do anything. Be proactive in your walk with God. Be proactive. Even the the melancholic mind cannot read the word in a positive way. Some people, they have no faith in God, so when they read the Bible, all they see is doom and gloom. Prophets are doom, or the world's going to fall apart. The Antichrist is coming. Islam's going to take over the world. My friends, you're not, you, you might be reading the Bible, but you're not reading it in the spirit of faith. Read the end. Read the whole thing. We look at the prophet John. He says, he hears this voice, and behold, I see the God, and he is high and lifted up. That's the end. He is on the throne. He will forever be on the throne of God. You may feel gloomy about what Islam is doing. Friends, don't feel gloomy about it. Do something about it. The same spirit of faith in you. It's in Jesus Christ. You can do something about it. We've already done something about it. We can do it again. We started a satellite Christian TV station in the middle of Pakistan, bringing hope Thousands and thousands and thousands of Muslims. Many people come into Christ. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Don't allow a prophet of doom to bring you down, make you small. Have faith in God, that he is God. Have faith in you. In Philippians 4, I can do all things through who strengthens me. Have some faith in yourself. Have some faith in yourself. You can do some of these things. You can stand in front of people. You can bring down some giants. You can bring transformation. You can do it. Have faith in yourself. Have faith that the same spirit is within you. The same spirit. I've been in situations where I've really doubted myself. Really. But I can do all things in Christ. You'll have that opportunity to doubt yourself. I can do all things through Christ. Can I do this? Yes, we can. (laughs) Can we do this? Yeah. Can we touch a nation? Yes, we can. Can we bring hope to nations? Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yes, you can. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what you do, whether you're a taxi driver, a tow truck driver, an accountant, whatever. The Spirit of the Lord comes upon you when the Spirit of the Lord awakens inside of you. Ooh, transforms you into nation shakers. I wonder what's sitting inside of you. Have faith in yourself. Have faith that the Spirit of the Lord is in you. Don't keep saying, God's going to do it. <laughs> I hear a lot of people say, well, God can do it, but doesn't necessarily mean God's going to do it. yes, God can do all things. Will God do all things? No. He's put his spirit in you so that you can do it. There are some things God can do, absolutely, no no doubt about it. Will he do them? No. There are some things that he's just left for you and I. (laughs) 
There are some things that he's left for you to do. There are some things that he's left for you to accomplish. Where would be the fun if we didn't have to do it? You know, some of the things of, you know, talking to my class about is sharing some life stories, and they say, well, Dave, what have you been doing? Well, I've met with the president of a nation, and uh, I speak to some of the most powerful people in the world, and I've been in some pretty awkward and tricky situations. I remember one time there when there's this girl, and she was nearly dead, and I just spoke some nice words over her, and she came back to life. And they're like, what? What's happening in your world? Ah. Oh. Tell me more about what you do. <laughs> Have faith. There are some things God wants to do through you. Not do for you, do through you. Why he wants to lift you up. You're the light of the world. You're a city on a hill. You don't have to bottle it all up. If you just leave it all for God, you're not going to shine. <laughs> You shine when you allow the presence of the Lord to start to move through you. Amen? Have some faith in yourself. Have some faith that he is in you. The Bible, the, the Bible all through, it says, lift up your eyes. Not once does it say, close your eyes and bow your heads. Lift up your eyes and see. When Joshua was standing in Jericho, God did not say, close your eyes and bow your head. He said, lift up your eyes and see. I've given it to your hands. I lift them up, see. Lift your perspective up. Don't keep your eyes down. Lift them up. Yes, can. All through the Bible, lift up your eyes, see. Look, let me show you something. To Abraham. Uh, Abraham, I know you've been going through some tough times, but you've got some family problems, you've got some marriage problems. I, yeah, I, I promised you, but you've got some wife problems. You've got, he's caught in his tent and... What he didn't say was, Abraham, close your eyes and bow your heads. He didn't say that. He said, come outside, lift up your eyes to the sky, and I'll show you something. Friends, if you're in distress, if you've got things going on, you you could bow your head and close your eyes if you want, or you could lift your eyes. Lift my eyes to the hills, to where my help comes from. The Lord is strong and mighty in battle. And hear about Islam doing all of these things, I'm not going to just cuddle in my prayer closet and close my eyes and hope all the bad things go away. No, I'll stand up there and deal with it. I'll be a light to the world. I'll go and find some of these Muslims that need a miracle. I'll bring the power of God to their life. You never know what happens. You might just get a few saved, eh? <laughs> Have faith in other people. Faith believes in people. You'll be surprised how much one drop of faith into a person can do. Give people an image to look up to, not look down to. The Bible says there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Look at the people around you. Encourage them. Lift them up. Have faith in the person next to you. I've got faith in you. I believe in you. I want to encourage you. I can see. Hey, maybe got some challenges there, but I believe that the Spirit of the Lord is in you. I believe that he is... Set you apart as a prophet to nations. He set you apart for something. Believe in the people next to you. Encourage the person next to you. Lift them up. Don't bring them down. One drop of encouragement. Look, SPCA did it with stray dogs. Taught them how to drive cars with encouragement. Maybe they could teach me how to drive a car. Huh? If 
the SPCA got on. They believed they had faith in the wee doggy. A doggy may have had a hard life. Somebody wants to shoot you. Somebody wants to put you down. But I'm going to believe in you. I can believe that you can do the impossible. You drive a car. Hey, God's got a funny sense of humor, right? Eh? Imagine what he can do to the person with you. Some people might want to put a bullet in you, but hey, with a bit of encouragement, God can lift us up, I mean. And encourage the people around us, not bring us down. So God wants to bring us into a place of freedom and enlargement. Sometimes when you start to move down that path, things can tighten for a little bit. When you start to be proactive, when you start to make a decision, I'm going to step out, I'm going to enlarge, I'm going to increase in faith. Everything will stand up and say, okay, well, let's test how strong you are on this. One of the things you find with, with uh, Pharaoh letting, his, letting the Israelites go, I, Moses said, let my people go. The first thing, one of the first things Pharaoh did was tighten them up a bit. One of the things you'll find is as you start to step out in faith, things may tighten around you for a little bit. Yeah, it's going to test your resolve. Is it just lip service, or are you really determined to step out in faith? Are you really going to run like a horse? We're going to put, this, we're going to put your profession to the test. <laughs> I encourage you, friends, if you feel it start to squeeze around you, ah, you've got something. You've got them. You started. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. When you feel the squeeze, oh, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm on to something. Sometimes people say, I'm getting attacked by the devil. The first question I ask is why. Either you're out of alignment and you've got sin in your life and you've given room for the devil to attack you or you're doing something pretty awesome. Talk to me about what you're doing. (laughs) I'm just messing with you all a little bit. One of the first things we've got to do, just a couple of points and we'll finish up. You've got to desire it. You have got to desire to be the person that God has called you to be. Not just fantasize over it. Not just give it some thought. You've got to desire it. You've got to hunger for it. You've got to know what you want. Like blind Bartimaeus, Jesus said to him, what do you want? Isn't it obvious? No, I want you to say what you want. Articulate it. Put it out there. This is what I'm believing for. This is where I'm believing to grow. I want my sight back. I want to do this. I, I feel this. You've got to articulate it. What do you want? Don't just assume. Make a decision. Number two, make a decision. You've got to decide it. Don't seek and guess yourself. Don't be double-minded over things. We talked about the other day. Don't be double-minded, the Bible says in James. Those who are double-minded are unstable in all their ways. Either you have faith in God or you don't. If we're in faith, we'll be solid. The Bible says, whoever comes in prayer, let him come in faith, believing, not wavering in his heart. If you're wavering in your heart, don't expect to get anything from God, the Scripture says. You've got to decide, I am believing, this is going to happen. Make a decision. Don't second guess yourself. If you second guess yourself, you'll start to get into trouble. You have the Spirit of God in you. You can do all things through Christ. Make a decision. You're going to do it. Ask it. Number three, ask it. You don't have because you don't ask. Some people think you can just ask once and that's it. You've got to keep coming back. That's faith. You can see it. You've got to keep coming back. Just like the woman 
in the scripture. You don't just ask once. Just keep coming back. Keep hunting it. Keep hunting it. Don't take no for an example. Don't take no as a full answer. Hunt it. Desire it. Chase it. Pursue it. It's not just going to happen. It's not just going to always fall on your plate. You've got to desire it. You've got to chase it. You've got to ask for it and keep asking. You look at the parable of the unjust judge. The guy keeps on coming backwards and forwards. It's the, the woman keeps on coming backwards and forwards. It's not fair. I don't like the decision that you've made. I'm going to keep coming back. You can keep coming back and keep coming back until you get it. Keep asking. Keep knocking. Don't just give up after one knock. You've got to receive it. Number five, see it. The Bible says that faith is the evidence of things unseen. You have to see the unseen before you can see it. You've got to see a future reality. Any woman here ever had an ultrasound? Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about? It's like they get a bit of, uh, they come, show me your tummy. Yeah. Show me your tummy. They've got some jelly and they've squeezed the jelly over it. All you see is a tummy, a round tummy. And of course, when they put the jelly over the top of it, and then they get the little machine thing and they start to look over here, you see a screen. And you start to what? You start to see the what? The unseen. The 3D stuff now is fantastic. Anyone had a 3D scan? Even the 3D scans, you know, the, the original ones you can just see, you can see a little heartbeat in there. You can see a little baby in there and just. You know, one sense you look and you say, oh, well, I can see a, well, I can just see a tummy. You look on the screen, you see some little character going hard out inside of there. If you've got a 3D, you can look and you can see the little face peering out and you say, oh, that looks like so-and-so, that looks like. <laughs> what would it be like if the Holy Spirit came right now and put an ultrasound on your spirit? The good old Holy Spirit, he comes up and says, show me your tummy. I want to see what you've got inside of you. I want to see. He gets his jelly and starts squeezing it on you. Can't see it just yet, but we just look over here. Whoa. Gee, there's something in there. Is what's in your spirit, is it still alive or is it dead? Can you see the heart beating? Is it strong? Or is what God put in your spirit, has it started to die? What would we see if a Holy Spirit put an ultrasound on your spirit right now, fleshed it up there? Would we see somebody who's alive and kicking and struggling and fighting and smiling and just wants to get out when it's only six weeks in there and it still wants, and wants to get out already? <laughs> you want to look at our little baby ones. Crawling and over and this. Baby's alive. What's in your spirit? Have faith in God, friends. Without faith, we can't please God. If we want to stay in and walk the walk of men, we can do that if you like. But God has set you apart as a prophet to nations. How can you run with the horses? How can you run the dimension that I have for you if you're getting, getting tripped up by the things of men? What's in your spirit? What's in your spirit, friends? What has God placed in there? Maybe today he needs to breathe upon that baby again. Maybe he needs to breathe 
in there again. If you've got a dream inside of there, maybe the Holy Spirit put something in there a long time ago, but it's been neglected or something happened, something damaged the baby. The baby died. Friends, I want to encourage you today. The Holy Spirit is here. He can resurrect. He can breathe life back in again. Can you see these dry bones? Can they live? Yes, they can. Maybe God has put, maybe you've carried something in your spirit, but something happened and died. Today, it's a good day to get back into the presence of the Lord and say, awake within me afresh, Holy Spirit of God. Stir up the man of God. Stir up the woman of God within me. The Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord, he, he rouses himself like a mighty man of God. That's the Spirit of God that's inside of me. Amen? Amen? Holy Spirit, come on, we just stand to our feet right now. Holy Spirit, just lift your hands to the Lord. Just lift your hands up. Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit. Spirit of the Most High God. Spirit of the Lord, fill this place.